I'm Sarah Stark. And I'm Natalie Mills. And you are listening to The Lumpy Mother, the podcast where we show up for our kids by showing up for ourselves. We are not experts. We're just two best friends who love learning and laughing together. I have four kids. Um, Well, technically, for the next school year, I have five kids, which is really exciting. We have an exchange daughter now. So I have an exchange student daughter who just turned 15 yesterday. And then I have an eight-year-old daughter and three sons who are, um, let's think, eight, six, and two. (laughs) I did it. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Your daughter's eight and your kids are six, six and six, seven, six and two. No, Henry's eight. Oh, he's eight now. Oh, Have okay. I been lying on every single one? Because he's been eight since May. No, I just forgot that two of, two of them are the same age oh, for yeah. a while. That was yeah. my fault. No, not, you know, my I hope I've been saying that right every week. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, we just won't review. No one tell us if we're wrong. We don't need enough information. <laughs> uh, and I have two kids. I have a three-year-old daughter and a one-year-old son. So if you want to know that you are not the only parent who has lied to your child about bedtime before they could actually tell time on their own... You know, <laughs> when it's actually 4.30 and <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, I just make up bedtime based on um, how much Evie needs to go to sleep and or how yep. long of a day it's been. So when Ben was traveling last week, it was like 6.45. Yep. I feel like that's totally legit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you've come to the right place. So, yeah, I don't think we have to remind anyone anymore that our episodes are no. not. This is the new norm. We're really excited. So. Yay. We just cover one topic each, so let's yeah, go. Do you have I have any... one. I have one rewind. So last I do week, too. okay, go oh, for cool. it. All right, last week we discussed discussing. We discussed discussing hard things with our kids. And yeah. This week, Evie has been bringing up to me various questions about death. Ooh, She's three, so it's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess we're just diving into this. And this, <laughs> so the first time was she's looking at this old picture of Ben with his siblings when they were kids. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this was daddy when he was a little, little boy or a little boy. And he, this little boy is no longer with us. He's oh. dead. <laughs> oh, no. And I'm like, well, um, actually, the little not really. He's not. I was like, well, the little boy's not really with us, but he lives on on inside inside dad. dad. So he's not exactly dead, but he's but he's not exactly alive either. And then the other one, she brings me this uh, book that has, like, all these different sea creatures and things. We actually got it at Powell's when you were here Oh, together. yeah. That's a gorgeous book. Oh, it is. It's beautiful. And so she points to this. She's like, this fish, it's dead. <laughs> its body doesn't move anymore. <laughs> this fish, wow. mama, is dead. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So she's uh, grappling with some... some uh, Heavy big, hu- hu- heavy, heavy human thoughts here. Yes. <laughs> so that's my rewind. That's <laughs> What's so yours? Funny. Well, I just have a. Um, so we went back to school shopping this oh, week. Yes. So do we. And so fun. 
you know this already and all of my friends on Facebook know this already, but it was so interesting because we were going to, we have this big outlet mall near us. So I told the kids, everyone, you know, you can each pick out one outfit for the first day of school. And we're about to walk in Old Navy and Ava Ava just kind of says, I really don't like this place. They don't have any clothes I like. It's a lot of pink. She does not like pink, which is totally great. And, um, and so there's a hot topic across the aisle from Old Navy. And I said, you know what? I feel like this place might be for you. There's a lot of black there. And she was like, let's do it. So she picked out, can I tell you what her outfit is? What did she get? She got, so it's kind of like a Harry Potter themed outfit, but the pants are like these super hip, you know, like the new like dad style pants everywhere where it's like pleated in the front. They're plaid. They're like green plaid pants with pleats in the front. There's a chain on them that I'm going to have to like cut. I don't think she can wear a chain to third grade. So we're going to have to cut the chain off. Ava. But she looks so cool in them. They're like super loose, like skater style kind of. Yes. And then her shirt is this like white button down Harry Potter shirt that has like this black bolo tie thing with it. It's so cool. Ava. Oh my gosh. This is like girl after my own heart. You're raising her right, man. I love it so much. I love it too. And she has these black converse that someone gave her. So she's going to wear those with them on the first day, like high top converse. And I'm telling you, she's going to be the coolest kid in third grade, I think. She is absolutely just her own person, which is even better. I would wear that outfit today. So it makes me a little bit jealous. Oh, speaking of, I saw overalls and I was going to buy them at Target, but they didn't have my size. Oh, no. Boo. Boo, boo, boo. So um, today's episode is a after bedtime, after hours bedtime episode. Yay. It's a surprise so we get one. Like shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I, yeah, oh, I can s- tell you about how I really yeah. want to get like um, a, I was looking on Etsy for Prince. And there's this really beautiful one of a uterus, and I kind of oh, want to cool. get it. It's like got these flowers and all these things. <gasps> and that. Do it. Yeah, I think I will. That sounds gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uteruses are amazing, and they're also really beautiful when you, you know, put them with yep. flowers. So let's yeah. uh, bring that to the walls of our home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So today for our after after an and after hours episode kind of means that. It might be topics that are not kid friendly. They're, they might not be for younger <laughs> ears unless you've had conversations with them about these topics beforehand. Um, but yeah, today we're going to tell some of our birth stories. So we're each going to mm-hmm. tell about one of our birth stories, I think. Yeah. And it's going to be great. So, all right, I'm going to go first. Are you ready? Okay, I am ready. I don't know yeah. if I've ever gotten the whole like birth story from start to finish with Ava because oh, really? we hadn't really... Um, we weren't oh, friends yeah. at that time. Yeah, you're like, right. Like we knew who each other existed. But <laughs> yeah, yes, that's true. So I'm going to talk about my birth story with Avalyn, and mm-hmm. um, she's my oldest, so she was my first. And um, I, I, I had to start this by saying that I struggled with waiting when I was pregnant with her, like waiting the whole time period. I have never felt impatient and almost like anxious about waiting for something as I did when I was pregnant with her. When I went to the grocery store, I would check the um, expiration dates on foods to see if it was like, if it was after or before I would have like her due date. 
Can You're I tell making a story excited real quick? faces. Yes. Go. All right. Um, so it was um a couple weeks before Evie was due, and so like I was starting to get anxious and excited yeah. for when she was due, and then we I picked up some yogurt, and I'm like, Ben, look at the date, and it was like her birth date, and then oh. um the lady was like. Oh, they have other um, flavors too. Like some like, random lady saw that I was like showing him like whatever, and she thought I yeah. said something else. And she starts describing all this different kind of yogurt to me, and I'm just like you thinking. I mean, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I just saw the the date. <laughs> so anyway, that's my story. <laughs> but it was that's like hilarious. a weird. Oh wow, this is yeah. really real. Like something about seeing it on a food yes. that you know expires. Okay, continue. There was something about it that I just, it felt like it was never going, that date was never going to come. And so seeing it as expiration dates on food was like, okay, this is, this is going to happen in the future. I don't know. There was something. Yes. I don't know. It was something about about that. that. Yeah. Yeah. In a weird way. So I was super, I was, I think I didn't realize it as kind of anxiety then, but I, it was like a lot of anxious energy about her being there and just restless about it. Um, and so, um, she was due on September 22nd and on like some, a few days after that, um, I started having contractions and I thought that that was it. And I had contractions for a full 20 hours. They were kind of off and on, but then, but I was like, it's finally happening. This is it. Here we go. And then they stopped completely. And it sent me in like this downward spiral. I spent like 10 hours crying. I had a checkup the next day and um, my levels were all over the place like my my blood pressure was super high because I had been crying the whole time and so um they were kind of saying you know we might talk about inducing you whatever so Nick goes to work one morning on the 27th Ava's birthday is the 28th um he goes to work on the 27th I get a call at like 8 30 and they're like all right we're just confirming that you'll be here at 10 for your induction and I was like I'm sorry what <laughs> they never told me <laughs> when anything <do> we... about <laughs> it it's kind of big news <laughs> yes so I had to call Nick at work and be like you need to come home because <laughs> they just told me we're gonna have the baby today so um he had to come home and of course he was a hot mess because he didn't know what to expect. And he was like, it's just so out of nowhere. And I was like, well, if my if I had started labor in the middle of the night, it would have been out of nowhere. This is what you should be expecting the whole time. <laughs> we have a 10 so, o'clock a.m. appointment. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's actually the most I notice mean, that you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we went in and um, I have it. So I was six days overdue, but they did it because my blood pressure was high, which ended up Mm -hmm. being a reoccurring problem for me, (laughs) turns out. But um, yeah, um, it was a horrible experience. And (laughs) sorry, I'm like playing with some. Well, it was horrible because they changed the way that they did it. They had they had to induce me with Charlie, too, because of my blood pressure. And it was a great experience with Charlie. But they've kind of like changed the methods. The problem with. Um, Ava is that they gave me the Pitocin, which was making my contractions get harder and harder and harder. Mm-hmm. But I was not dilating <gasps> at all. So when I went in, so, I was oh at like gosh. a zero still. I had not dilated at all. So, oh. and 
it was it like was she was being pushed into a brick wall and the brick wall was my cervix and hips it was so painful um because i Were wasn't you able to like, get an epidural or this is like before well, any? so i okay that's part of the problem because you know usually i don't know if this is still how they do it but then you couldn't get an epidural till you were like three centimeters yeah so it was i think it took me 18 hours to get to three centimeters and i was in so much pain it was horrendous it was so bad and i I will never forget this let you get an epidural that whole time well the problem issue the issue is that like if it wears off because it takes so long, I think oh. I feel like that's the reason that they told me was that they usually wait till three because then I don't know. But um, but I remember thinking like I thought it wasn't going to get painful till later. I'm I'm still at a zero. I remember celebrating when I was half a centimeter dilated because it was like that felt like a big deal, you know. But there was this one nurse. I will never, ever forget this till the day I die. She was checking me, which is already super uncomfortable. And she took her fingernails and I could she scratched the inside of my cervix. I could feel it reverberate through my body. What? I have never felt anything like that in my whole life. It was it makes me nauseous thinking about it. It was horrible. It was horrible. And so um, that was just like, yes, I feel sick. I mean, seriously, it was the worst sensation ever. She was like, it's still so she was talking about how like it's not softening at all. And um, yeah, I can't even. It was horrible. They forget that you're (laughs) you feel pain. It feels like sometimes. Yes. I mean, um, and I had. Yeah. Cervix checks were awful. Yes. And I know that they're necessary most of the time. So like I'm not you know, that's a part of it. Mm. It was the fact that she like. Oh, that was so bad. So finally, I got to three centimeters and um, they gave me the epidural. Finally, it was it was so great being able to rest. So the, rest yeah, and it was one of the best. Feel. I remember just being like, yes. thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Like I could I have kissed the anesthesiologist. Yes. Um, I slept for a while because it was like. I just I was so tired and then it started speeding up so finally I was like dilated to 10 she was facing the wrong way and so not upside down but like sideways so I had to push for four hours so I started pushing and then it was like she was yeah she was facing the wrong direction so they had me lay on my side for a while my nurses at the end were amazing they were so good um and so I flipped on my side and she did end up going the right direction. But it was four hours of pushing. I was so tired. Um, and so I just I I remember when I got induced or when I had the schedule and I called, I think I called Nora and a few other friends. And I remember Norris or maybe it was her mom or somebody said like, oh, it makes me so sad when they induce moms a little early. And I it like mine was a health thing. But now I look back and realize, like, yeah, I was super anxious for the for Ava to be here and to give birth and to have a baby in my arms. But I would never recommend inducing unless it's medically necessary, because it was a horrendous experience. That one was some other time. Maybe we'll talk about Charlie's. Charlie's was amazing compared to Ava's because they've changed the they've changed it a little bit since then. Mm -hmm. But it was just the fact that like every so because of the Pitocin, my 
my contractions were getting so hard, but she couldn't go anywhere because my body was not allowing it. And so the pain was just unbelievable. It was so Ugh. bad. My gosh, um, 18 hours and then four hours of pushing and then 18 yeah. hours before you could get an epidural. So I, how yes. long was the rest of your labor? Like I can't even remember. It was knows? so long ago. I just Almost, remember it was... At least a full day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Because she was born at... See, I can't even remember at this point. Oh, yeah. But oh it was gosh. um it was it was horrendous. So anyways, <sighs> but um yeah, she so I yeah, it was just like my body was not ready for it. And um I think my blood pressure was high because I literally cried for ten hours after I thought I was finally in labor and then it didn't happen and yeah. it was a whole thing, you know. So I was walking laps, I was sitting on a bouncy ball, I was doing anything that I could to get that labor going but how it just wasn't. what was it like when she came out after being so exhausted I mean, um i think i was so relieved and happy that that's all i remember is like the yeah. joy from that time um i do remember okay so this is another <laughs> thing that's changed with ava they did not want to give babies pacifiers like period you know oh, they still didn't and, when evie was born yeah Okay, see, maybe it was because I just cared less about everyone's opinions that I wasn't listening yeah. as much. But I remember feeling really guilty about giving her a pacifier. And then I remember, um, because is this how they did it with you? You know, it used to be the babies would be in a like nursery area, you know, and yeah. then you'd, um, but now the babies stay in the room with the mom, which That's is great. That's what we had too okay but they still have that nursery area you can request for the baby to be brought there so that you can sleep okay and people had told me um do it do it do it you will you need the sleep there's nothing they will bring the baby to you when it needs to eat you don't need to be like waking up every time it fusses they can change a diaper for you um but there was a lot of guilt in that too you know even for three hours letting them take her and just so i could sleep for three hours you know um i think there was like a good good chunk of time where i i think it's starting to change now where breastfeeding was like everything Yes. And there was just yes. unhealthy pressure. And I think people realized how mentally unhealthy that was for the parents. And now it's this good blend of, you know, do what you have to do. At least it's, yeah. it seems to be coming that around that way. Like, yes, breastfeeding yes. is great. But if it's going to affect, you know, if it's going to yeah. tear you yeah. apart, it's not. So, Well, and I kind of talked about in the breastfeeding uh, after hours episode we did. But like mm-hmm. breastfeeding was super painful for me in the beginning. It did not come easily. So that process was also super stressful. Yeah, so that's that that was Ava's. Ava's was a hundred percent my hardest of all of them. Yeah. She was the worst. Charlie's was like thirty eight hours, but his was a lot easier. Oh, and good. so I remember you being so hungry though, because they like went yes, like eat. Oh my yeah. gosh! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but then I was able to talk to a, a doula I knew, and she was mm. like, "No, she should be able to eat or or something, oh, or no, yes. she had a, a suggestion of like." Getting oxytocin with Nick or cuddling or something. It was, I don't know. Oh, I don't know if it helped or not, but I think they eventually let you eat, which was the most yeah, important. Yeah, they you did. Can just leave it, all they that could, out. No, they could tell it was going to be a while, I think. So they let me have something. I can't remember. Yeah. Do, I do remember that like first meal that you order after the baby is born from the hospital. I ordered like every single thing off of the menu that I possibly thought that I would ever <laughs> want to eat in the next yes. 12 hours. You know, it was like, a oh, it's bomb. like, oh, it's always the best because you're so famished. Yes. Yes. Ugh. So 
So that's my uh, birth story for you. It was rough. It wasn't necessarily <laughs> traumatic in a sense that a lot of moms have very traumatic birth stories. But um, I don't know. I feel a little traumatized by that. The pain. And yeah, the, the, pain. the nail in the cervix, that, like that mm-hmm. is that is trauma. That does sound traumatizing to me. I mean, tell us about yours. I want to hear about yours because I know yours was sure. Okay, so you know it was interesting. I didn't feel anxious to have the baby. I kind of, even though I definitely got morning sickness and it wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. fun. Like being pregnant with your first is a one of a kind experience because you don't have any other kids. Everyone just spoils you and is so sweet. I could sleep whenever I needed to sleep. Um, you know, yes, I was really sick, but it was like fun to like dream about the baby clothes and all the things you're totally also naive to. Um, and then I loved like having a big belly. I, I really felt Mm. like I was glowing, like my skin looked really great and my hair looked, I felt so beautiful and just like, just really good. Like, wow, look what my body can do. Um, but definitely had a lot of anxiety and that's when I really started digging into the reading and how I can do everything right. But Mm. I focused that reading on pregnancy and not like baby. I was like, oh, the baby's easy. (laughs) (laughs) I just need to do all this right stuff. So like I ate so well. I Mm -hmm. exercised. I did prenatal yoga. I did all the things, you know. Um, I remember you stressing because kale, even talking about (laughs) kale, made you gag because you'd be on the phone being like I want to be I want to eat healthy but every time I try to eat kale, kale every time like, I, try, I can't even say the yeah, word yeah, you couldn't like, you Ben like, couldn't talk about what we we're gonna have for dinner until yeah. like right before we could have it because I couldn't think but like I was like I want to eat healthy I could do it with the smoothies but making the smoothie was so hard because yeah. I had to look at the ingredients but when it was, once it was made like I could do it oh I was was just like, I ate garbage all of the time. I did for Franklin's. (laughs) I was like, I this is all that I can eat. I'm not gonna torture myself. Your happier baby. (laughs) (laughs) Probably because I wasn't nearly so anxious. uh, (laughs) He was. Uh, Yeah. So um, Evie was due April 14th. Or April 15th. And I started, uh, my water broke on the 13th. And I am, and it was Friday the 13th. And I'm not normally Ugh. super, I don't consider myself a superstitious person. Um, but I became superstitious that day. <laughs> it's like, she cannot be born on Friday the 13th. I was like, I understand the contradiction in my beliefs and the fact that I am not, do not consider myself a superstitious person, guys, but she cannot be born on Friday the 13th. <laughs> I was like, it's just, she doesn't need anything against her the day she's born. She doesn't need to start out with, with this hanging over her head. Like she cannot be born in this day. Right. Regardless of (laughs) however factual or whatever it is. Yeah. And then, well, I thought I wanted to have a natural birth. (laughs) It's kind of, it's kind of like all the things I, well, I tried to be open-minded. I was like, I'm going to try, but I'm going to be you know, flexible. Like I'm not going to be yeah. set in this one thing. Cause I don't think, you know, birth is going to go all the ways I expect it to like trying to mm-hmm. be honest with myself. Yeah. Um, and so I tried for about two hours to get labor started and it didn't happen. And then they started to induce me with Pitocin. Um, and basically from there on, uh, yeah, like it took a while and then the contractions got so bad mm. and I was like, okay, I'll try. Ugh. 
just like so much pain. I just remember staring at the like hospital paneled ceiling with the fluorescent lights and like staring mm-hmm. at one of those dots and be like, they say I'm supposed to relax, but how in the hell? Do you remember when they would ask you like, what's your pain level on a scale of one to 10? And yes. I, I never wanted to say 10 because I knew it would get worse. You know what I mean? But it always felt like this is the most painful thing I've felt in my life. Yeah. Well, here's the problem with the pain scale for me is that I overthink it. I'm like, okay, on a yes. scale of one to 10, I mean, where do you put 10? Is 10 like I'm about to die? Because yeah, that's like, exactly. okay, I think that's where I'm going to have to put 10 now. But then one is like, what is one like a minor headache? Like that's a really a lot of difference exactly. there within 10 points. And then I'm exactly. like, so I don't really know. And then also yeah. I don't, I don't want them to think I'm being like, I don't know. I want them to believe dramatic. Or yes. overdramatic, yes. yes. And then we talk about this all the time with doctor conversations. Yeah. Anyways. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think what got discouraging was like, how many more hours of this? Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it was Pitocin too, which they say makes it really more intense. So then I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I tried the, oh, I got into the bath, tried that, that did nothing. It just made me like angry that I expended that energy to get in the bath. <laughs> uh, and then I tried nitrous and then. Uh, yeah, I just remember getting out of the bath, like dripping wet with my huge belly, <laughs> mm, <yes. laughs> totally naked. Um, then I got back into bed. The nitrous just made me throw up a bunch. Okay. Then I got the epidural and that was yeah. so beautiful. Like there is yes. something really wonderful about the absence of pain. Once you felt pain that severe, yes. oh, it's, it's magic. So Yes, it it's is. It's magic. I just yeah. remember like, okay, it really stunk going through that. I had to work through a lot of like tough contractions and stay still, like holding mm-hmm. Ben's fingers and like probably he was like in pain from how hard I was holding <laughs> his fingers. Um, and I was breathing and it's kind of a cool moment though with your husband or your partner yeah. when you're getting that patrol. Like I just remember yeah. feeling so connected, like looking him in the eyes and just like his support and... That was really no, cool. Nick had to leave the room because he does not <laughs> like needles. <laughs> so I did not have that beautiful moment. <laughs> he had to walk out. <laughs> well, you were worried but, Ben was going to pass out because he's passed out from blood before. Um, oh, yeah. But he ended up being okay. There's something different about, I think, him seeing like his own kid be born or something. You yeah. know, like it wasn't on his body. I don't know. Yeah. But he, even did the, he didn't know if he was going to do the umbilical cord. Go ahead. Oh, really? Yeah, because um, the blood no, was just. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, but he did, right? He did. He did it for Good. both kids. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah, for Harrison, <laughs> Nick got a really lightheaded at the end. And um, <laughs> they gave him a chair, but I was like, if he passes out, you leave him on that floor. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> my no more woman level... dismissing her own needs like I am in labor. <laughs> yes, my, my sympathy level was very uh, low. That's awesome. It already well, is pretty low. I mean, I'm sorry, but he would be fine. Yes. You're having a baby. I mean, yes, yeah, exactly. in this situation, yeah. I unless think it's totally fair. Unless he hits his head on something on the way down. Just, right. Just right. If there. you think there's a concussion, get one nurse. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I want the rest. But like, drag him out first so that yeah. he's not a distraction. Yeah, just pull him by his feet. <laughs> he, he'll be passed out. He won't know anyways. <laughs> Human dignity. What is that? <laughs> I remember because my mom, I should have included this. My mom was in the delivery room. Oh, my mom room. was in that too. Was yes. in the delivery room too. Yeah. It was so special. I, I would not change that for the yes. world. She was actually was there really for all three of my kids and um 
Mm-hmm. I remember when I was in the middle of some of the worst contractions, I was like holding Nick's hand and he would like make faces about how much it hurt. And then they would start to laugh a little bit. And I remember getting so mad and like, <laughs> and I snapped at both of them <laughs> at one point. I was like, it's not Hello, funny. Me. You are the only ones laughing. <laughs> Like, I just, I, I remember that sweep of anger. You know what was really cool is I, it was a really neat bonding moment for my mom and Ben as my support person, like for them to go do that together. They kind of had some cool moments and they took pictures like together as like the support people. And that was pretty special too. I remember that. It was neat. Um, That's really uh, cool. Yeah. So then, yeah, I mean, the pre-birth stuff wasn't really the things that stick out to me. Like, it was just kind of like, meh, I don't know. I don't remember too many of those details. Yeah. Um, My birth, I don't think it was, it was, like you said, yours wasn't as traumatic as others. I don't think mine was as traumatic as others either. But I do think I responded like it was. Probably because it was, and I'm just dismissing that. Like, I think all birth is probably just traumatic. (laughs) Exactly. If you responded like yeah. it was, then that means it's well, trauma I dissociated. For you. Yeah. I re- okay. So wait, let me get where. Yeah, was tell I? a story. Okay. So anyway, um, they did cervix checks. It was terrible. My nurses were really great. Um, I really liked them. Was really thankful for all that they did. Oh, and then like I'm supposed to sleep. I I don't. I can't sleep in a busy place when mm. I'm not in labor. Mm-hmm. That was not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and it didn't happen. And like, it was kind of good because with Franklin, it's like, I don't expect to sleep. Like, I'm not going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, after the epidural, I just kind of laid uncomfortably and pressed that button whenever I needed that sweet, sweet relief. <laughs> uh, so nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, and that bed hurts. Like, it's really uncomfortable. Yes. You are not meant yes. to sleep in it. It's like hard no. and you, you can't get in many different positions. And yes, it's painful. Um, yeah. So then the morning rolls around and I don't really remember, don't remember. And then it's like go time and you're mm-hmm. like, whoa. <laughs> and yeah. then it's, it's like, cause it feels like you're just waiting, waiting, waiting. And then all of a sudden, and then that's a yep. surge of oh, it's happening, you know, like, yeah. oh, <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> it's happening. Yes. You know? Um, so then yeah, I just remember like practicing pushing, and I guess I was a really good pusher. They yeah, like complimented me because they're like, "We're just gonna do a practice push," and, and they're like, "Whoa, okay." And <sighs> she came out, so I started pushing at nine. She came out at nine twenty-seven. <laughs> Whoa, twenty-seven minutes. Yeah, and then I know as her head was out, she's like, "Do you want to see?" And I said, "No." And I wish I had. I was more afraid of, like, seeing myself down there than the experience of the baby. And Uh so with Franklin, so I learned a lot. But So with Franklin, I had a mirror the whole time. So I saw myself poop the table. You poop the table. Okay, everyone, I'm pretty sure, poops the table a lot. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, I was pretty sure I was like, I don't think I pooped the table at all. And then with Franklin, I was like, oh, I don't think you can escape pooping the table because <laughs> there's at least, like, ten how do you push? Yes. Yeah. How do you right? push that much without it's it? It's basically yes. what you're doing. I mean, I don't know what else you're supposed to compare it to. So I totally think I pooped the table, but Nick will not admit it. I've asked him lots of times. I was like, I need no. you to be. Did I? Did it happen? It's not well, a big Franklin, deal. Franklin, I'm want watching it with the mirror. And of course, I'm making poop jokes, but nobody's <laughs> laughing. And I'm like, oh, that's not a baby. <laughs> 
And the midwife, like, the midwife, well, I think she's just being professional because it's her job, but yeah. I made a lot of inappropriate, like, about my hands, feeling like hams, and I, I mean, she never laughed at any She was a wonderful <laughs> midwife. Absolutely wonderful. Like, made me feel super safe. This was with Franklin. Um, yeah. But all of my jokes, she was like, are you being serious? She didn't know. Like, she thought it was so serious. funny. And so, like, after I made that poop joke, she just came and had a nurse, like, cover cover my myself there so I wouldn't see it anymore <laughs> and I'm like oh thanks uh, <laughs> she was like this lady's uh, distracting us with her <laughs> yeah humor. we're in the middle of a very serious business <laughs> like you could die lady stop talking about your poop um so that's what I did um <laughs> so okay that's so what I did <laughs> But Ben said he didn't notice it at all. Yeah, like, I just remember, okay, and then I touched her head, and it was, like, slimy and mm-hmm. soft, which is kind of yeah. nerve-wracking, like, oh, my gosh, she's already so delicate. And then she came yeah. out, and she was screaming at the top of her lungs. Yeah, and then I've read since then that the baby's first breath apparently is super painful, And so them coming into the world is actually a really traumatic experience for babies, which is why they scream that way. Um, Also, it's good. You know, they're breathing well and all that. Um, So I'm holding her and it's amazing. And I just remember like her little red face and like she was so beautiful and um, so big. She was eight pounds, four ounces. I guessed it on the dot. We had like a bet going on the closest weight. Um, So I was like. I'm really proud of myself. Uh, and then Ava and then was, I remember this is oh go ahead. No, I just I just remembered Ava was eight pounds ten ounces, but I accidentally oh, wow. put on Facebook because I was still medicated. I accidentally yeah. put ten pounds eight ounces, and everyone was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> and Nick had to go back and be like, "Nope, she is a little bit high right now from all of this medicine." No, no, no. It's, <laughs> she's she still not, a good sized baby, but yeah, yeah but not but, ten pounds. <laughs> yeah. So after this is when the traumatic part for me happened was Mm -hmm. I'm like holding her and then they have to get the placenta out and um, and then the doctor's looking like super worried and I'm like I don't know what's going on and then no one's really communicating anything with me and so she's like really tugging hard and then (gasps) she starts like pounding on my belly like really really intensely like putting her whole body weight and pushing on my belly i don't know if she's trying to get the placenta root loose or whatever and then yanking on the (gasps) umbilical cord um and i just remember like and that's when i dissociated i remember like i'm watching from like up here like uh i'm raising my arm to the right and like it was like i was like hovering over here watching her pound on my body so that was the part where i dissociated that's so scary. And it's really creepy having a memory of the dissociation. Like, I remember it as being up here yes. and not in my body. Like, above yourself. Weird? not Above yeah, myself, watching yourself. what was happening to someone else's body, but it was also me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's yeah. terrifying. It was really terrifying. And I think one of the biggest parts when I look back was that she didn't communicate what was happening. So it was yeah. a lot of fear. Of, I don't know what's going on. Yes. All right. So I don't think she did necessarily anything wrong, but it wasn't exactly uh, the best thing that for my mental health, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it ended up everyone was healthy. 
Um, and so then I kind of remember like being scared of holding Evie. And I think I like was already having like postpartum stuff right from the get-go I know you have baby blues and stuff but I wanted to see everyone else hold the baby and then they gave her a bath and I just wanted to watch everyone else hold Evie and see like the love in their eyes but I was like Mm. afraid to hold her myself Mm. um and then uh we start breastfeeding and she um she just like came out she came out anxious (laughs) maybe it's from how anxious I I tend to be no, but it's I don't not know. your fault no, no that's right it's, thank yeah. you no it's no. not it's just it just is what happens some babies are like that yeah. and so yeah we couldn't set her down or anything um and so if she wasn't attached to me she mm-hmm. was screaming and so they the nurses were amazed at how much she was cluster feeding and that was the only self-soothing thing she had for herself oh. was to nurse so I was had cracked and bleeding nipples and it's very painful um blisters on my nipples and yet no relief it was just like just like claustrum and empty Mm. pretty much but going back and forth back and forth back and forth Mm. um and then because i wanted so badly uh to do everything perfect my perfectionism was not in check at that time. Um, I did not. So I think for me, it wasn't so much the people at the hospital that put any pressure on me mm-hmm. not to give pacifiers, myself putting the pressure on mm, myself yeah. to breastfeeding is the only thing we can do. It's the best thing we have to do it. That's Ugh. it. Like I had no other option for myself. So it was yeah. like do or die almost. Well, so then another kind of traumatizing part was some. It was something about disconnecting from my body in that moment and then mm-hmm. one of the nurses came in and looked at my chart and she was like wow you hemorrhaged and I had not known until <sighs> this was a day or two after that <sighs> I had lost that much blood and so it felt like this violation because yeah. it wasn't communicated to me yeah when I when I look back in hindsight and I consider this and um and I remember just like starting to sob Oh. Like I, how I didn't know this happened to my body yes. and lost all this blood. And, mm-hmm. uh, I just felt like it felt like a violation against me. Like I should have known that. Yeah. Um, and so, and then I, I also hemorrhaged with Franklin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, it's an important person thing for a person to know. That yeah. So when, you know, when it happened with Franklin, did they tell you while, while it was happening or like, <laughs> yes. Well, she was amazing. The midwife was, okay. first of all, <laughs> two things. One thing is funny. <laughs> so the midwife was amazing. She communicated every step of the way, everything Good. she was doing, what was happening and why I was safe did and you, why Franklin was safe. Did you um, tell her so- ahead of time that like, Last time. I was very clear oh, on good, what good, happened. Good. I was very clear on what I needed, and they mm-hmm. they fully delivered. I was like, right. also trauma is often when you, a result of not feeling safe, and that's when mm-hmm. your flight, fight, freeze responses mm-hmm. show up. And so, if you're not being communicated with, and you see something happening to your body, and you don't understand, you don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. So even if what she's doing is totally medically okay, there's like this there's a separation without communication mm-hmm. that could happen. And I think that's what happened to me. That's how yeah. I interpret it now. Um, so, so yeah, that's what happened. And I learned a ton from that and I, sw- I decided to switch um, to a different, so my regular OB, she didn't, um, she wasn't the one who delivered. Evie. Oh, okay. It was another doctor. And this was actually my least favorite doctor at the clinic. Mm. 
Um, because she had done a cervix check before with me, and it was really rough. Yeah. Whereas the doctor I had was really kind and considerate, but I decided I didn't want to risk the chance of having yes. the rough OB yes. again. And I went to a midwife, um, and she um, she had her bachelor's in psychology, and I liked that. Like so much more mental health focus, and it ended up being the best decision ever because oh, they awesome. with Franklin, the midwives were there all night. And they like yeah. to be like the ones who came in and did everything they could. It wasn't yeah. like the nurse is the main one and then you only see the doctor for 20 minutes. It's like, yeah. I never met this midwife, but we built a relationship over how her 12-hour shift that she was there. Yes. And it was awesome. That's and they're amazing. the only ones, I guess, in Vancouver or <laughs> in this area where I live uh, that do that. Wow. Um, at least that, at this hospital. I, that's yeah. my understanding. So That's an awesome experience. Yeah, the second one was <laughs> really yes. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we can do our awesome experiences too. <laughs> but I think, okay, I think we should end with like our advice and what we learned most. And mine is like, mm-hmm. get a doctor who feels right and what who is best mm-hmm. for you. And my doctor wasn't like, again, I said she was really sweet, but we definitely had different. I don't know. I, I guess I didn't know what I wanted, but, yeah. but don't be af- afraid to. Oh, man, you got to advocate for yourself. And it's so I scary like when it's all around. so new. Mm-hmm. Ooh, shop around. That's great. Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, yeah. And it's not that an OB is bad or not good. It's just they're, they might not be the right one for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. they might be great for someone else. Yeah. Oh, actually, I know I have some friends who who go to the same clinic. They love it. And I and yeah. I think it's a great place. It's it's mm-hmm. It really is. And so... People who know me who listen to this would know who and where it was. I want them to know, like, oh, yeah, like I would recommend this clinic. It just wasn't for me. Like this, Mm -hmm. this from this one experience, which is not going to be everyone's either. So, yeah, I think my advice is just to um, not let any like outside voices other than like maybe medically necessary outside voices. But Mm. like, don't let them affect your decisions, whether that's an epidural or breastfeeding or using a pacifier or whatever Mm -hmm. else. You know, I definitely think some outside voices that are like... (laughs) don't do this because it's harmful to the baby. That's one thing. But other things, um, I think it's just you can't let the guilt of what someone else might think affect the way that you make choices as a new parent or even as a birthing parent. And what you read, too, because I read everything and that was part of the problem is none of it is going to go the way that it's like the best way like the books you read tell you the best way, the healthiest way, the la 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 la. But that's just not feasible in anything you do in parenting. Wow, yeah. that was intense. That was yeah, it was. That was a good one, though. So, mm-hmm. all right. As we wrap up today's episode, we definitely want to hear from you. Um, email us at lumpymotherpodcast at gmail.com and tell us what advice do you have for someone who's about to um, give birth for the time or even have a child in their home for the first time? Did you yes. ha- do you have a traumatic birth story that you're willing to share with us? Mm. Um, things like that, maybe. Or did you poop on the table and have a funny response? <laughs> maybe we'll. Or, uh, yeah. Is your child suddenly weirdly fascinated by death? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But definitely email those things to us and maybe we'll read them during our next episode. 
Yes. And also, if you like what you heard today, there are a few important things you can do to help others find us. Um, You can share an episode you like with a friend or you can uh, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you listen to your podcast. And please, if you could take the time to rate and review us, it would mean the world to us. Yeah. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Lumpy Mother Podcast. And we're also on Twitter at Lumpy Mother Pod One. That's the number one. And make sure to join us next Tuesday to see what motherhood has in store for our lives and yours. Bye.